Welcome to Surviving to Thriving, the weekly podcast for women ready to move beyond just getting by and into the realm of thriving. I'm Janessa Durrani, a life coach who's empowered countless women to design lives they truly love. And my mission? To help every woman on earth carve out a role they adore, one that's fulfilling and provides them the rewards they're seeking. Now, if the idea of that both excites and terrifies you, then you're in the right place, my friend. Each week, I share my strategies, frameworks, and a few stories along the way for you to put into immediate application, guiding you through incremental changes on your transformative journey. Gain the confidence, competence, and clarity needed to design your life now. I'm so thrilled you've joined us. Welcome to our journey together. Let's go. Earlier this week, it was a snowy day and it was going to snow all day, but they didn't cancel school. And my youngest was absolutely out of his mind, the thought of having to come home on the bus after it had snowed, because last year he got stuck on the bus. It was sliding down the hill. It couldn't get up the hill. It was just a hot, hot mess. And he had himself so worked up, like I thought he was going to make himself sick. And I was out at the bus stop talking to a few of the other moms, and I was saying that I just don't understand. It's very hard for me to understand how his mind works because I am not an anxious person. And my neighbor was like, oh, I totally get it because she shares that same, they have that in common. And this isn't something that's new for me, right? I share space in this house with three other people, all of which are boys, (laughs) including my husband, and they all I have like completely different minds than I have. So it's always been a challenge. And I might have mentioned in a previous, in one of the last couple of weeks, that I'm in a new certification program for NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. At the end of this certification in June, I will be a NLP practitioner, a certified hypnotherapist, an EFT practitioner, time techniques practitioner, and have an additional life and success coaching certification. And all of these modalities are based on NLP, which is the belief and structure and psychology around the concept that our words and our thoughts are creating our reality. And so by changing our thoughts and the words that we use can change our reality. We can create a completely new reality. And when I tell you that the textbook is about 536 pages long and I'm on page 26 and my mind is already blown. And so this week... We learned 
the presuppositions of NLP. Now, I'll tell you, it's taken me five minutes to practice that word. I cannot say it. I'm not going to say it again because I'm just so freaking proud of myself that I said it without fumbling right then. But these are kind of the commandments of an NLP practitioner that they need to bring these kind of mindsets. They're they're 14 on here, and I'm only going to share with you 10 because as I was reading them, these are things that as a practitioner, I need to come to the table with an open mind and in kind of this mindset so that I can be a better coach and be able to help my clients. Okay. So, you know, any job that you go into, there's kind of like, this is the rules of the road, right? So this one, this is another set of those. But as I was reading them and learning about them, I was like, oh my God, for all of my listeners who are parents, these are the commandments of parenting. I wish I would have had this list when they were we, right? But also these that I'm going to share with you are if you work, if you're in a partnership, if you work with other people, if you interact with any human on any given day, if you were able to embrace these 10, we're going to call them commandments as opposed to presuppositions, it is going to widen your worldview and make it so much more pleasant to interact with people. Okay? So bear with me here. So the first one is always respect the other person's model of the world. And this is the one, when I read that on the same day that I put Mir on the bus, even though he was completely freaked out, is that I've always said, I just don't have that mind. I don't understand. I don't understand. And while I will never feel it in my body in the same way that he does, I have learned over the last 14 years to try to see things from his perspective so that I can understand why he is struggling, why he thinks the things that he does. It is a conscious mindset that I have to get in and very intentional. I have to drop into that place. But I have clients who have really horrible work situations, and I have others that have family situations, and others that are just sure that all of the trauma that they've had, I'm not talking about deep trauma that they need to be in therapy. This is trauma of like what we've all encountered in our life that are keeping us blocked and so forth. And We could go into, oh, she's just being dramatic, or oh, why is she always complaining, or it can't be that bad, or me trying to change her mind about how she should be viewing her world, as opposed to, similarly with Mir, meeting them where they are, not trying to change their own worldview, And not dismissing it, but just noticing and being able to see what they see. 
And it really does open up a lot of dialogue of being able to then understand how you might help them navigate the behaviors, because the behaviors are really what we're trying to really hone in on. Okay. So the next one is resistance in a client is a sign of a lack of rapport. So it says there are no resistant clients, only inflexible communicators. So again, if you are, let's start from the parenting standpoint, if you are not able to be able to, if you're always butting heads, if you're always coming kind of with a sword in hand and so forth, if everything you've tried is being resisted and pushed back, you need to try a different communication. You have to try a different avenue. We find this here on the concept of this is the way I said, and this is the way it needs to be. And I know a lot of parents will parent that way as like, it's my way or the highway. But that doesn't serve any purpose if it is always going to be resisted. So again, in the workplace or in your partnerships, where are you clashing? You need to change your communication. You need to find common ground. You need to like have rapport. How do you get rapport? That is spending time together, getting to know the person, being able to understand what is most interesting to them and so forth. It's no different. It, you know, it's understanding like when we potty trained, one needed M&Ms and I went through about 17 other candies to realize the other one needed gummy bears. So what is it that each person is needing? People are not their behaviors. This one is huge. I've had to do this with my my kids for years. And the fact that they'll have a kid at school that's like, oh my gosh, he only does things this way. I'm like, he's just wired differently. It isn't about him. It's just, this is how he needs to express himself, or this is how he needs to concentrate, or this is how he needs to work out all of his energy and so forth. Same with our children and all the people that are around us. You need to see them for who they are, their beauty inside and out, their humor, their expression, their their fun quirks and so forth, and not focus on how they may be acting out. There is a woman that I have followed for years and years on Instagram and Facebook called Diary of a Mom. She's a mom of an autistic daughter. And she has said, I mean, literally, I... I don't know how many years I have followed her, but she says that behavior is communication. And that was such a fundamental thing for me to remember for, again, not only as a parent, this is very similar to when I had a podcast episode a few weeks ago on navigating difficult conversations at the holidays, is the behavior of those around you is trying to tell you something that they have a hurt or they are stressed, or they have something that's unresolved and so forth. They, it's just their way of communicating. This is awesome. Everyone is doing the best they can 
with the resources they have available. Behavior is adaptable and the current behavior is the best choice available. Now again, if your kids are acting out, if you have a coworker or someone who's working for you is acting out and so forth in some way, they are doing the best they can right then and how can you help them tweak that to be able to do it in a way that is more constructive, that's healthier, that is more at ease with them and so forth. And this one was big for me and just turning this lens to myself. There are behaviors that I have that I struggle with that I will beat myself up. Oh my gosh, I said I was only going to eat this, but I ate all of this instead. And I will beat myself up. And having this and remembering that in that moment, I did the best I could with the resources I have available. That doesn't change the fact. This is where the this is where the goodness is, is where we can work on those behaviors. How can I not? be in a situation where I have an unstructured situation. I've waited too long to eat. I'm completely overtired. I am crazy hangry, so on and so forth. But in that moment, I did the best that I could then. And then that gives you information on how you can go back and work on making sure you don't get to that same situation. The next one, calibrate on behavior. This is another one that I turn to myself. We have given ourselves stories for years and years. So, oh, I can't do that because my mom never let me do that when I was a kid, so I never learned how to do that. Or I have been dieting for my whole life, and this is just how my mind works. And, oh, I have, so we've learned, we've leaned into these stories so much that we are creating the reality of that story. We are self-fulfilling this prophecy. And so when someone says, I really want to do this, and then they set a goal and the next week I'm talking to them and they're like, oh, I tried, but I wasn't able to do it. But I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. And this whole idea is like focus on what the person is doing and not what they're saying because they're so into their story. What is the behaviors that they're wanting to change and how might you need to change that so that they can be successful as opposed to just talking about how all the ways they could have done it or they should have done it and so forth. Same with our kids. And again, like I said, this is me. What I say that I am going to do all these things, where is the breakdown? Where am I showing up? What are the actual, I say I'm going to do it this way, but I actually do it this way. What is that? What is the spread between those two? You are in charge of your mind and therefore your results. How many times have you been told you can't change someone else? You can't. You can help them see other ways. You can be compassionate about where their struggles. 
you can give them structure and accountability, but in the end, our kids, our partners, our coworkers, our friends, they are responsible for themselves and any change they're going to have. We are responsible for our reaction to those, but everyone, you cannot change someone. You cannot, they are doing the work. This is the one I want you to hear. This is what I talk about in Igniter all the time. People have all the resources they need to succeed and to achieve their desired outcomes already. I say this to you all the time. I say this to all of my students all the time. You have everything within you to know what you want, where you want to go, and how to get there. It is sometimes just buried amongst the imposter syndrome, the limiting beliefs, and the fear. Fear of failure and fear of success. And so thus, I am here to tease that out of you, to help you build your confidence and your competence so that you can see that's all possible. But really, if you really get down to it, you have everything available to you, both your intangible resources, your perseverance, your intelligence, your humor, your go-getiveness, and so forth as well as your tangible resources, your network, your um, your skills, your strengths, your superpowers. Same with your kids, same with your partners, same with the coworkers. Everyone's got what they need. They just need to be helped to see that they have these things available to them. And the last one that I'm going to do is... There's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. So I had also recently heard there is, it is, there's no winning and losing. It's winning and learning. And it's the same idea is that every opportunity that we are given and we try, even if we don't get the outcome that we had expected, we are that much closer to getting it because we have all that learning. So one of the examples that our coach gave us is that so often if we were going to, let's say, be at target practice and we say, aim, ready, aim, 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 fire, when it really should be Ready, fire, aim. Because until you do something once, you really don't know if you're close. So this is where I will say to you, again, in how we structure our feedback to those that we love and admire around us, and helping them see it as feedback and not as disappointment and so forth, and helping everyone around us see that there's no failing. Now you know how that math problem works. Now you'll be 
able to do it that much better tomorrow. This is why we have test corrections in middle school, is that then you're able to see where you need to get a little bit stronger. But we, as grown-ass women who are type A and overachieving and so forth, is that we want to do it perfectly. And so thus, either we totally beat ourselves up when we don't hit the target, or even worse yet, we don't even try. Because then if we don't try, we haven't failed. What is available to us if we are always meeting those that we're communicating with where they are? Building our flexibility, helping them build their flexibility. Having this as two-way conversation, always open to learning, always being able to see someone else's perspective. I remember way back when, when they, in the last presidential, um, actually two presidential, so when Trump actually won the presidency, there was a video that was going viral of Barack Obama doing some sort of thing on the campaign trail. And I had seen it and I saw it as that he was being very encouraging. And there was a woman that I'm friends with on Facebook who had posted like, oh, he was so despairing. He was doing all these you know, bad things. And I was like, I don't think you must not have seen the video because that's not how it was at all. She's like, oh, I saw it. And that is, in essence, where I feel our world is at any given time, is that we're all looking at the same thing. But we have, and this is where in NLP, you understand where all of the bits of information are going through different filters in our mind. And even though we're taking the exact same experience, how we're processing it, seeing it, and then able to communicate out what we just saw can be completely different. So once we understand that and we can help start looking at our loved ones from their view of the world, we're then much more empathetic. We're much more understanding. We can understand where they're coming from. Our relationships are only going to be stronger if we can see everyone for what they are doing the best they can at that moment. These are just behaviors and behaviors can be changed, redirected, given positive feedback and so forth. So this is my this is my little rampage on why I think that these presuppositions, I've just said it three times now without screwing up. Having an opportunity to slow down, meet our loved ones where they are is only going to make us all stronger. And each one of these things, if you turn this to yourself, if you really look at your own worldview, if you see where you need to build rapport, where you can look at yourself for a collection of behaviors and what ones are serving you and which ones are not, 
to understand yourself that you are doing the best freaking job you can with the information you have right now. And once you see it for what it is and look at it for its behaviors, you can then make changes and know that when you have someone come and provide you feedback, that's all it is. It's just data. There is no place for it to hurt you if you look at it as just data. I hope that this helped. And I'm telling you, as I go through this certification, there's so much amazing stuff that I want to share with you as we go. I can't freaking wait. I appreciate your staying power and thank you for joining me until the very end. You're recreating your life, my friend, and I am so incredibly proud of you. If you found this episode helpful, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. It means the world to me. Your support helps more women discover it. Reach out anytime as I'm here to support you. My email is in the show notes, and you can find me at janessadurani.com. And until next week, remember, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can, wash, rinse, and repeat one intentional step at a time. You've got this, my friend.